Hey, hey, friends. Welcome to the Tri Lakes Insider Podcast. In this episode, I sit down with Dan Hall from U.S. Veteran Outreach, and we discuss veteran suicide and what they are doing to help eradicate it. We also discuss the upcoming Veterans Appreciation Picnic that's happening on October 1st. I hope you'll enjoy this episode as much as I did recording it. There's a lot of really great, important information inside. Welcome to the Tri-Lakes Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Lori Rottmeyer. I'm a realtor, marine, and gourmet marshmallow maker. After living in big cities around the world, we landed in the Tri-Lakes area of Arkansas. In this show, I want to bring you along with me as I discover all our area has to offer. Whether you are thinking of moving here or vacationing here, I hope you will enjoy the cool people doing cool things that I will be bringing you. I'm so excited you're here. Let's go. Hello, friends. This is Lori Rottmeyer with the Tri Lakes Insider Podcast, and I am here today with Dan Hall from U.S. Veterans Outreach. And I know Dan because he's a Marine like me, and Dan is very involved in the community, and he's going to talk to us today about U.S. Veteran Outreach and also the Veterans Picnic that's coming up in October. So how are you doing, Dan? I'm doing well, and I've got uh, several things that I can talk about that are happening in the next month for veterans. So. Oh, awesome. I would love to hear. We'll we'll cover all of it then. Okay. Okay. So I start out every podcast. I want to know, how did Dan Hall get to this area of Arkansas in all the world? Well, it was it's kind of a sh- short story. Uh, I got injured on duty with uh, San Diego Police Department. They retired me. And I was looking for a place that I could afford to live on a retirement income. And I'm sure it wasn't San Diego, California. Uh, my wife had relatives in uh, Texas County, Missouri, just north of here. And we had stopped and visited them while we were on our trip. And it kind of reminded me of where I was born and raised in the hills of Pennsylvania before they screwed it up. And uh, so when they retired me, we moved to um, up by Houston, Missouri and Texas County. And uh, my wife decided since we bought the house and got started, she was going to go to work and try to put some money back in savings. She went to work at Walmart uh, part-time at the jewelry counter. Uh, Three months later, she was department manager. And six months later, she was a district manager for a jewelry department. And that's how we discovered Arkansas. Wasn't even on my long list of places I might retire, but when she started working down here, Mount Home was one of her stores, and we discovered the lakes and uh, moved down here, and it's uh, just a phenomenal place to live. It really is. It's just so beautiful. I mean, even this morning when I was driving to Mountain Home, I, I saw the sky was super pink, and I thought, if I turn left, I'll go through Peel. And Peel has got that gorgeous outlook. You can see a little lake, a little, mm-hmm. a little mountain, a little valley. And it was absolutely gorgeous this morning. So, yeah, I just feel like so blessed to have landed here myself. The main thing here is the community and the people that keep oh, me yeah. here. It's, it's just awesome. The veteran community here. So we've lived all over the world and there's always been like Marines stationed at the embassy, but we never interacted with them. So it's, I'm almost like a born again Marine here because the veterans community is so big and strong and active, which I really enjoy. Not as big and strong as it needs to be. (laughs) Uh, One of the things that we've done with this uh, U.S. veteran outreach program is uh, I started this about seven years ago. Um, 
I was at a gun show one day over at the fairgrounds and uh, I'm commander of the disabled American veterans here locally. And one of my members called me and he said, uh, commander, I, I need to talk to you. I have a problem. And then he immediately heard all the background noise and said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm bothering you. He said, you're busy. I said, no, I'm, I'm at the gun show. Let me give me an hour to get out of here and call me. Well, we get out of there and he didn't call me. And about four hours later, I wondered what happened. What did he want? So I called. He had committed suicide in that four hour period. And of course, you beat yourself up wondering if you'd have taken that call, could you have helped? Uh, but that was only part of it, because from there it got to where when I talked to other veterans who knew him, they would say things like, well, I'm not surprised he talked about it. And said, well, he talked about it. What did you do? Well, what do you do? And I'd say, you know what? We really need to make people aware of the, of the problem, first of all, and uh, ask that question when you know somebody's having difficulty and having asked the question, what do I do now? How do we refer them? So uh, we started a local program to outreach to veterans and got some training through QPR, which is uh, stands for Question, Persuade, and Refer. It's similar to the old CPR. You know, we used to lose thousands of people to heart failure until we taught lay people to do CPR. And this is a similar kind of approach. You're not a a uh, counselor or a treatment person, you're kind of a gatekeeper to get them to a place where they would need to go. So you ask the question, are you considering suicide? Uh, and then the next thing is, if they say yes, well, then what? Well, then it's your job to persuade them that that's probably a permanent solution to a temporary problem. There is help out there and have a place that you can refer them. Uh, we've had a lot of success with it, uh, started the program and, you know, VA had several top down approaches that never worked. Uh, we were looking at it saying at that time they were saying there were 22 veterans a day commit suicide and, and they got kind of cavalier about throwing that number around. Well, I can do eighth grade math. And I said, well, you know what, if that's true, 22 times 365 is 8,030 veterans die from suicide annually. We've only lost a total of 6,700 in 20 years in the war on terror over in the Middle East. So it's a phenomenal number in that same 20 year period where we lost uh, 6,700 uh, people in combat, we lost 160,000 to suicide. That's incredible. It's an uh, just unbelievable number. And so, well, the VA, of course, they had their approaches and uh, finally did the uh, crisis hotline. And again, we looked at it and said, well, now, first of all, VA says that 76% of veterans who die by suicide aren't even in the VA system. So if a guy spent time in the military, got out, compartmentalized that part of his life, and then went on to do something else, never filed a claim, never joined the VFW or the American Legion or DAV, what makes you think that when he's in crisis, he's going to think to call the VA? Uh, not real realistic. And so we started a local program where we outreach and uh, create relationships with veterans. Uh, and of course, you, you come down to, again, numbers. Uh, we know that we have about 5,000 veterans in Baxter County. Well, if you look at all of the 
veteran service organizations, VFW, American Legion, Fleet Reserve, DAV, you come up with about a thousand people. And most of us are members of all three. So that's less than 20%. Where are the other 80% of the veterans that we know that live here? And so we started to take on community partners and all of the organizations and county government and city government, Baxter Regional and the schools. And uh, we found that, uh, that the county was amazed to find that 30% of their county employees are veterans. Uh, Chief of Police was astounded when he found that 20% of his workforce are veterans. Uh, now, these are not necessarily um, people that served in combat, but they served, and therefore they are veterans. Uh, and a lot of them, you know, they, like I said, compartmentalize that part of their life, and they see themselves as part of the law enforcement community or part of the healthcare community or part of the education community as opposed to part of the veterans community. And so it's been a long process to create these community partners. Uh, originally, Dr. Walford and I started this, we were kind of out of pocket for expenses. And then uh, when we had some success within the first year, I said, well, one year doesn't a trend set, but we might really be onto something. And we did a formalized grant to Columbia Trust, which is uh, administered by DAV National Service Foundation. And instead of just submitting a small grant, I asked uh, Senator Bozeman and Congressman Crawford and Dr. Scott down at uh, VA to give us a letter of support, which they did. And we got a very small grant. In the meantime, uh, Senator Bozeman looked at the results and he took it national. He said, look at what Mountain Home Arkansas was able to do with very little revenue uh, doing it from the ground up instead of from the top down. And then he promoted several pieces of legislation that resulted in the VA being able to offer small grants in, within communities to do essentially what we're doing, the framework that we created here. Since that time, uh, SAMHSA, which is a Substance Abuse and Mental Health Administration, teamed with VA, and they now have a... a governor's and mayor's challenge going on. It's like 20 or 26 states involved in that, Arkansas being one of them. So we're asked now to help duplicate what we're doing in Mountain Home in uh, Garland County and Hot Spring County. That's great. So this is, so you're in, I was, was going to be my next question. So you're doing Baxter County. Are those, are those the only two other counties that are doing it in Arkansas? Well, there's a, well, small grant program out of uh, White County that hasn't done much yet. They had tried one in uh, Johnson County and they weren't getting anywhere. And I invited them to come up and, and uh, participate in our community partners meeting with about 30 people. And we include everybody, city government, county government, uh, chamber of commerce, uh, primary uh, employers, Baxter Regional, VA clinic, et cetera. And they came up and looked at what we were doing and uh, went back and said, uh, we can't do what Mountain Home's doing. And, and the difference is basically, the way Harry put it was, Mountain Home had looked at a problem and then sought resources to deal with it. I think the Johnson County one, somebody found out there was a small grant available and they went after the money 
not knowing what they were going to do with it. And that was the big difference. So they kind of went out of business. But we are have expanded into Fulton and Marion counties. Okay. And we, we basically, we work uh, since the Mission Act and the community care network that veterans can get care in the community without having to go to Little Rock. Um, when that passed, the hospital hired uh, Brian Barnett, who used to be the clinic manager at the CBOC, the, the VA clinic. And he became kind of the ambassador for the veterans programs. And uh, we worked pretty close with him. Um, Baxter Regional, now called Baxter Health, has a footprint of about 11 counties, including a couple counties up in Missouri. And so we've just expanded to that degree where our, our footprint is growing with theirs. Nice. So how, how are people learning about the QPR? Do you go places to groups or schools or whatever and teach that process? Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's not as popular as you might think, you know, we say we need training. Well, originally we had to have somebody with, from the health department that was certified to come up here from Little Rock and pay their expenses overnight and whatnot. And we had a couple classes with some, some church congregations. And then we decided if we were gonna do this, we needed to really get certified ourselves. I have 10 in, uh, instructors that are certified by QPR Institute to teach this gatekeeper course. It's about a two hour session. And we prefer small groups of six to 12. Uh, to learn how to be a person the person who recognizes okay. an issue and, and is able to uh, interject and, and offer solutions. Um, there's, there's about eight personal characteristics uh, that are involved in mental health, uh, from resilience to faith, spiritual faith, to work, uh, ability to pay your, your, your ongoing expenses, um, housing stability and so on and it seems like uh, you take those eight characteristics and if a person is homeless isolated uh, etc they may have none of those characteristics and they're very highly likely to have uh, suicidal ideations the more of those protective factors we call them that you can inject into their lives uh, the lower the percentage of chance that they're going to be suicidal. Just for example, if somebody has uh, lost their job, then there's about four areas that have to do with finances that are involved with that, including housing stability and able to uh, pay for, which then also includes resilience. And amazingly, an awful lot of people, their whole social support network is also involved with people they work with every day. That they lose sense. their job. They've also lost that support network. And so sometimes just helping a person find a new job uh, can put them over the edge, uh, sometimes helping them with the VA claim uh, because they can't work. Uh, they have disability issues. Uh, and, you know, we all know about the VA. The VA does a fair job as far as being the treatment side of it. 
But before you can get into the healthcare side for treatment, you have to go through the other VA, the eligibility side. And that's not quite as friendly of uh, operation and takes a lot of time. So uh, those are the kind of things that we constantly interject with and try to solve. Sometimes it's just transportation. I've got two uh, gentlemen over in Yellville that handle Marion County. We now have about six people from over in that area that will provide uh, transportation to doctor's offices and what have you. Nice. Um, people that are disabled, isolated, can't drive for whatever reason. Uh, it takes a little while to get those trusted relationships out there and known. Uh, but we do it with, uh, I do a TV show uh, once a month on a local XL TV. And that's like at 7.15 in the morning till 8 o'clock, usually around the third Wednesday. The second Friday of every month, I do a radio broadcast on Mountain Talk Radio. And usually uh, the other person that helps me with that is Holly Scoma. She's the District 3 Arkansas Department of Veterans Affairs, Veterans Service. She's real sharp and so be, her and I do these shows every month. I've been doing it for several years. And what do you talk about? Anything having to do with veterans issues, uh, upcoming things, uh, legislative issues. Uh, more recently, we had the PACT Act that passed, and that was a combination of uh, several years worth of work. Um, I've been the legislative officer for Disabled American Veterans Department of Arkansas and went back to DC in February, about six years in a row to the midwinter legislative conferences and meet with all of our delegates from Arkansas. And uh, these are the bills we need you to support and so on. This is why when uh, we've had a lot of success doing that. That's great. Um, so if somebody, I don't know how they would come to you and say, I want to be one of these people. Do they just contact you? Is Would it be like an employer? I know you said you went to church groups. Um, who are the who are the good people? I guess it would be anybody who's in, t in touch with veterans um, to be to get this. As, as, Any group <laughs> or person who wants this uh, gatekeeper training can contact me at 870 Four two one two three two two, or our local DAV chapter here in uh, Mountain Home, uh, and which is the same phone number. That's me, uh, and we'll, we'll do. You know, if it's a church group, uh, like I said, we have ten certified instructors now. I have one with the sheriff's office, two with Mountain Home Police Department that are also school resource officers. These programs can be designed specifically toward law enforcement. Uh, specifically toward youth, specifically toward veterans, et cetera. But we got two that are in the health department that are home health uh, nurses. Uh, myself and Dr. Wolford are trained. We're from uh, Disabled American Veterans and together with veterans. So we can provide training to any small group that wants to sit through about two hours. Very helpful. That is helpful. I think that just getting the awareness out there that this problem exists, you know, would have to be huge just so that somebody would have to say, well, hey, I should know how to handle that. 
Yeah, exactly. And the big problem with it is that they talk about a stigma. Well, the stigma is that nobody wants to talk about it because they don't know much about it or what to do and hope that it went away or doesn't involve them. And the only way to really solve the problem is you can't do it by simply targeting veterans. You have to approach it, uh, we found, from a uh, community health approach. Um much like you would approach the pandemic or anything else, the whole community is involved with it. Uh, and you say, well, veterans and, and people say, okay, well, you only have 5,000 veterans out of 40,000 population. Well, let, let me give you some arithmetic here. The census tells us there's about 5,000 veterans, which is about 12% of our population. The census also tells me that the average household in Mountain Home and Baxter County is 2.5 people. So 2.5 times 12, we come up with over 30% of your population lives in a veteran household. That's almost a third of your population. Mm -hmm. And they work everywhere. Uh, and they have all kinds of different backgrounds and interests now. And like I said, they're not necessarily in the veterans community, but they're here in the community. And so reaching out to them uh, is how we're going now with this. Uh, we have billboards, we have five of them in the area. We do our annual picnic, which has expanded. Um, we started this about 17 years ago as a veterans appreciation picnic. And we do it at Hickory Park here in Mountain Home. And uh, we would, go out in the community and raise a thousand dollars to put it on and we'd spend 1200 to make it happen. But it was doing what we wanted to do and letting people know that you're not alone or your veteran family is welcome. Well, when we really expanded into the community and created an auxiliary unit, uh, which happens to be chaired by uh, Jennifer Batesville over at the Good Samaritan Society and put all, all these people that used to help us once a year with a few dollars to put on a picnic, they became our auxiliary. Instead of helping us once a year, you can take ownership of some of these situations. Well, we outgrew Hickory Park. It got to the point where instead of feeding 150 or 180 people, we would feed two or 300. And then it got to be, there's no parking. And so it was a veteran family drive by and get a brat. And so I went over and talked to uh, Chancellor Myers at ASU and said, you know, we need a bigger venue. He said, uh, Dan, we'll do whatever you need. So for the last two years, we've put up three big circus tents on ASU campus, right when you come in the main gate on the right-hand side, and they open that health science building for us so we have access to restrooms. We have community people out of Yellville that uh, give us a half a dozen golf carts to use. So if somebody has mobility issues and they park a little distance away, not a problem. Uh, they have a little problem walking down to the restroom, not a problem. We've got golf carts and so on. And uh, last year we fed over 700. Uh, Katie Laney Project, uh, this is, is the group that will be entertaining this year, one of the best groups, bands in, in this area. And last year we had uh, Dr. Margie Scott, who's the director of Central Arkansas Veterans Healthcare System at Little Rock, 
she brought the mobile unit up here and they did vaccinations, they did flu shots. Uh, we had the local community-based outpatient clinic, um, Baxter Regional Vet Center, um, just, and the, the, what we're really trying to do is find these veterans, bring those veterans into the fold that are not there. Uh, they never filed a claim. They never looked at benefits. They don't even know, or maybe some of them from the Vietnam era did at one time file a claim with VA, felt they got treated poorly and uh, never went back. Uh, well, the VA we deal with today is not the VA of 40 years ago. Right. Uh, the, ben the benefits are different. Uh, an awful lot of veterans uh, got out, they go to work, they have a career. They never used their education benefits. Well, under current law, you can now transfer those benefits to dependents and children. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know. a lot of veterans don't know that. That, but. <laughs> What a scholarship, you know? Wow. So I love the veterans picnic. I've gone to it the last two years since we've been here. And um, I like going around to the different tents where they have information and you can see what's out there and what's available. And these people that really care, uh, they provide special benefits, discounts or whatever to veterans. And, and, and there are so many pitfalls I'm a person who hates this modern technology. I think, <laughs> I think social media is the most anti-social force ever can be <laughs> put upon us. I, you know, I had a young fellow here not recently tell me he had 3,000 friends on Facebook. I said, no, son, you have no friends. That's why you're on Facebook all day. You know, uh, and the government particularly, it seems like they hate people. They don't want to talk to you. They don't want to look you in the eye and develop a relationship. Go up to our website and check these boxes and we'll get back to you, maybe. Uh, and most human beings don't deal well that way. Right. Uh, you're trying to sell something here. And if you've ever been in sales, you know that it takes five contacts before you really have a relationship with your client. You don't do it by a video. Uh, and I, you know, VA right now is saying, like, well, in this PACT Act, well, you can go up and file a claim online. I recommend you do not do that. We have county veteran service officers that are highly trained and skilled and know exactly what you need. You need to make an appointment with them and let them go up on and file that form. Because you can check one box wrong and mess the whole thing up and you'd be delayed five years. So, if, you know, and I've seen people... Recently, I came out with this Randy Fox granite, and it was a little bit complicated. So we had a training back in, I think, October 29th. And there were like eight sections of this grant process. We had eight PhDs, one for each section, trying to explain how to do this thing online. And it turned out there wasn't a single organization in the state of Arkansas who could do it. <laughs> wow. No. I'm so, not surprised by that, though. No, it's it's great it's, that the veteran, the veteran services officers can can help with that because absolutely, it's, it's, and every county has a veteran service officer. Uh, How do people find them now? Well, in in the past, it, it was kind of iffy because they don't all work full 
full week. Some of them work two or three days a week. Some of them work five days a week, depending on their county workload. And in the past, they had various levels of uh, training and what have you. We've fixed that over the last six years that they're all have quarterly training and they're all up to date on things that are going on. And the easiest way to tell you to reach them is they all work for your county judge. Okay. So if you don't know how to reach your county veteran service officer, call the county judge's office and they'll give you the phone number. Excellent. One more thing I wanted to say about the picnic too is um, if you listen to my podcast at all, my biggest question is always going to be, where am I going to park? And I love that over at ASU, there's plenty of parking. Somebody's directing you into the parking lot or into your parking space. And it's just very orderly and easy. And it's, it's, it's a great way to go to an event and not have to stress about, oh my gosh, where am I going to park and how am I going to get there? Well, yeah, and if you have mobility issues, as I said, uh, we have the golf carts going off. So I think this year we'll probably have Ultimate uh, Automotive Group. Uh, they provide an ice, an ice machine and, and all the ice for us. And sometimes they will send a couple of vans up and, you know, kind of like if you've ever been to a show at the Veda Shed Center mm -hmm. and Ultimate will be operating those vans, bring people from the parking lots up the hill to the shed. Um, it's it's just a, a unbelievable community event. Um, first of October. It's always the first Saturday of October this year. It happens to be on the first of October. And hopefully it'll be cool like it was last year. Because <laughs> the first year I went, it was so dang hot. And it's like, wait a we minute. We were so blessed last year. Usually, uh, first day of, or first weekend of October is very similar to right now. High 70s, low 80s, yeah. sunshine, nice. you know. October's bright, bright blue weather. Every once in a while, I've seen a year, one year where it sleeted that day. <laughs> Rain and mixed with sleet, but usually it's pretty good weather. Now, last year, talk about being blessed. There were about five different community events in this two county area that were canceled because of weather. There was something in Yellville, there was something in Flippin, there was something up at Clark Ridge. There was something down in Norfolk, and they all canceled, canceled because of the projected bad weather. We didn't. We just hung in there and said, you know what? We put a lot of work into this, and if the good Lord wants us to do it. He'll give us the weather. We sat in a bubble here in Mountain Home, beautiful sunshine, and all around us, it was raining. And People thought that maybe uh, we would have canceled. So I'm thinking we would have fed probably 800 people if if. It wouldn't have been for that weather. I feel like I got a couple of raindrops, but that's all. Mostly it was just really great. Yeah. It rained later that day. Yeah. It, for, for our couple hour picnic, it was, the weather was perfect. Now we also, uh, well, you were at the Twin Lakes Marines meeting this morning and uh, Commander Gary was talking about some of the issues with the military and uh I happen to believe that the biggest mistake we ever made was doing away with the draft, um, mainly because everybody knew when they came out of high school, they needed to serve. And a lot of people that really became successful only did so because of that time they spent in the military. I'm one of them. Uh, I was a useless punk <laughs> when I went in the Marine Corps, and I probably would have amounted to zero. I'm pretty sure the judge told my husband to enter the Marine Corps. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, I went in the Marine Corps. I ended up doing 10 years. Uh, 
came back from Nam with a case of malaria they couldn't cure. But as a result of all that discipline, I became a law enforcement manager, a county judge, uh, et cetera. Um, the other side of that is, you know, we have this modern woke mentality in the schools. That's not brand new. The Ivy League schools have always had that. The state schools didn't. And one of the reasons was uh, when folks our age came out of high school, we didn't go to college. We went in the military. When we came back and got, got to college, I was the pushback guy that wasn't afraid to call bullshit to the professor. <laughs> we don't have too many of them anymore. I think there's just a lot of things that we did uh, uh, when we did away with the draft that, that had unintended consequences and all this nonsense now is, I don't know what to say about it. I don't either. I'm glad I'm a Marine. Um, I know that I, I just was like, kind of like, I don't know what I want to do after high school. I graduated mm -hmm. a year early. I just wanted to do something. And so my uncle was a Marine. And um, so he had told me, he's like, you need to be a Marine. I'm like, yeah, I could do that. I could do that. Sure. <laughs> so I, I had a guy in, in my office, I was a lieutenant here in the sheriff's office, uh, trying to reorganize that department. And uh, I had a guy sitting in front of my desk and was, my wall behind me was all these different plaques and uh, commendations and what have you and training. I said, I never seen anything like that. And I said, well, if you look at the one all the way up in the far corner, says honorable discharge from the United States Marine Corps. If I hadn't done that, I would have never had the discipline to do any of it. Yep, that's true. So the picnic, do you need volunteers for that? Or is that covered or what's up with that? Well, first of all, you don't have to be a disabled veterans or a member of any disabled organizations. If you served in the military, you're a family member of somebody who ever served come out and join us. Um, if you want to help, uh, you can do that. If you, you know, we've got about $4,000 worth of food. We've got a couple thousand dollars worth of tents and uh, the entertainment and so on. So if you want to contribute uh, financially, you can do that. Um, but we're always trying to get more and more people involved with the veterans community. And going back to the draft situation, and the fact that back in our day, mine anyway, most people served in the military. Most families had somebody that served in the military. Today, we have about one, a little less than 1% of the population that serves. It's unbelievable. Well, one of the things that uh, uh, Colonel Tim Griffin, who's our Lieutenant Governor, has always stressed was that patriots aren't born. They're raised by other patriots. So everything that we do, uh, we involve the high school junior ROTC program, the youth wrestling program, the Boy Scouts. Um, just all the time we have the youth involved in these programs. And, and it's really beneficial. And, you know, how else are you going to have patriots in the future? Agree. They won't know it if they don't see it. Well, that's very cool. So what else do you need to tell me? Anything? Well, there's another thing going on here on the 16th of uh, September. And that is a 
Mountain Home Bombers football game, and they're doing a appreciation and honoring of military first responders uh, and police. So if you're a veteran or you're a police officer or a fireman or whatever, you can get a meal and uh, attend a football game and be recognized. Uh, I don't know if you have the uh, link, but the, there's no place you can call in and, and sign up, but you have to be registered to, to be, uh, you know, say if you, no. If you want to send me that link, I can include it in the show notes for people. I can send you the link. Uh, when you go in there and you open that link, there's a picture like the football field and right below it. There's three links. One is to register to, to, for the food. The other one is you can upload a picture of yourself or your uniform, whatever you want. Uh, and the third one is to register for a free T-shirt that Clay Maxi Automotive is going to provide. Sounds like a fun event. That's at the football game, the high school football game. Yeah. And one other thing that's happening in October the 18th is our Friends of the NRA Banquet. The Friends of the NRA is not the NRA per se. It's a 501c3 foundation, and we concentrate on uh, youth training and safe firearms handling and so on. A few years back when we had the Sandy Hook uh, shooting, uh, school shooting, we raised a little bit of money and we created what was known as the National School Shield Initiative. Um, Asa Hutchison chaired that for us that first year before we became governor. And what that is, is uh, we, we provide best practices education to school districts, everything from uh, looking at their security from uh, perimeter fencing to doors that open to the outside can only be open from the inside, uh, knowing who's on base, single points of entry, um, everything up to and including electronics uh, and including armed people on campus if that's what you decide you want to do and how can you do that either with school resource officers or paid security or or however so this uh, friends of the nra banquet is on the 18th at the fairgrounds and there's several ways you can participate uh, you can be a sponsor a merchandise sponsor you can sponsor a table anything from 500 up to five thousand dollars you sponsor a table where you get eight dinners and then all kinds of prizes from that. Uh, and Chris Nassari will be the auctioneer to auction some of the stuff. It's, it's, it's a blast. He, he really keeps the room hopping. It's, it's a lot of fun. I've been trying to get him on this podcast. <laughs> He's awesome. He's a great one, one of our community members that uh, we ask every time we have something going on, there are people like that. And my problem this year is that Normally, we do that NRA banquet early in the year, like April. So when I get back from D.C. end of February, I'd spend March and end of February uh, getting sponsors for that event. And then we have the October picnic. Well, this year, they're both in October. so You're a busy and, guy. <laughs> well, and, and I, I hate to, when I'm talking to you and say, well, I need you to help us with the picnic. Oh, and I need you to help us with the NRA banquet too. You know, it's uh, it's like, yeah. but people are extremely generous, and it's yeah. always the same people that uh, that help us with all of these things. 
The people in this area are great. I really, really enjoy living here. Okay, so the last question I ask of everybody on my podcast is if you had a billboard, what would it be on what would be on it? I have a billboard. Ooh, you're the first one. And <laughs> actually, it looks similar to this. I've seen those billboards. And it has a red background and it says you're not alone. And at the top, it's very simple. USveteranoutreach.org. That'll take you to our website and you can get all this information. We recently redid it because the other part of the uh, message on there is the crisis hotline. And in July, we went national with a three-digit crisis hotline. Unlike 911 only, it's 988. Nice. So you don't have to try to remember this lengthy number. That is so and smart. Wow. When, when we saw that, the result of that, uh, I think it was the second week of July that it, be, it went in national. And within that first week, we had a 50% increase in the use of the hotline. That's we said, well, we need to go by on all those billboards and fix that. So now the, the two biggest pieces of information is our website, usveteranoutreach.org, and the crisis line, 988. The only other thing that's on there besides the picture is the logo of Baxter Regional Hospital, who's one of our big supporters. Nice. Well, thank you so much for coming to visit with me today. I've been really looking forward to it. And I think this is such valuable information. I'm so excited to be able to share it with other people. And um, I guess that I will talk to you. And I'm sure I'll see you at the picnic. Yeah, you'll see me at the picnic. Okay. I'm a party girl. Picnics are good. There you go. <laughs> nice outside. <laughs> thank you, Dan. Thank you. Hi, I'm Lori Rottmeyer with Crown Over Realty and Mountain Home. I help people buy and sell houses, land, and commercial properties all across North Central Arkansas. If I can help you, don't hesitate to call me at 918-350-0190. I treat my clients like royalty.